welcome to Philadelphia. This race is going to be great. Don't forget to tie your sneakers and have a good run. It's hot, dry, boiling hot, sun biting into skin hot, sweat dripping down my forehead and gathering on the frame of my sunglasses. These lenses aren't dark enough to shield the sun rays. They weren't made for this kind of light, white with sparks of yellow, too luminous. As soon as I close my eyes, crazy spots in Technicolor dance before me. Going on like this, I'll be blind by sunset. Looking down at the sand offers little comfort. The dunes reflect the light more than absorbing it. The grains sparkle. I wouldn't be surprised to see my sneakers begin fuming. All right, about 10 kilometers left to run. Just 10 kilometers. With no water, no food, no sunscreen protection. How much can a body survive without water? Three days? Or was it two? I doubt they were talking about these temperatures, though. My skin is already getting red hot, and tomorrow I'll have one hell of a sunburn. The black swirl of the anti-cheating sigil peeks from my socks hem. I could just use it to call for help. And then what? Wait to be rescued? In the middle of the desert? With no shelter in sight? No way. Not as long as I can stand on my feet. The sun also burns my head. These are the times I regret having short hair. I should have worn a bandana, maybe? <laughs> Go figure. Given this ongoing trend, I should really start to run each marathon with a pocket knife, a spellbook, and a first aid kit, but just imagine running while carrying all that. The sand slides under my soles, the grains cracking without me getting any grip. It's all an up and down, up and down, up and down. It feels like running in place. Maybe I am. I wouldn't be surprised. Wherever I look, nothing but sand. Endless, burning sand. I close my eyes again. The sun is just too bright. I'll go wherever I feel, straight or running in circles. It doesn't matter as long as I keep moving. Which is exactly what they advise against when stranded in the desert. Don't move, conserve my energy, save water. If only I could do that. Standing still, surely someone would cross my way. But if I don't move, no, no, don't think ahead of yourself. Just try to keep moving. The anti-cheating sigil has no time limit, and yet no comfort comes from that knowledge. I swallow the little bit of spit in my mouth. My throat protests, but this is not the moment to waste liquids. Minutes seem to stretch out into hours. Meters turn into endless miles. I don't whine anymore about jungles and swamps. Never again. Pinky promise. Give me the sweet humidity and the welcomed shade. This is when the sand swirls under me. Ugh. Oh, um, Ugh. Hey, hey, hey. Something cold pressed against my lips. It takes me a moment to realize it's water, or something similar. 
I swallow and claw at the sand to stand up. The sun is still high. I can feel it over my head, behind my eyelids. I blink in the light, softly casting my faithful translator spell. To hide my appearance, uh, it's too late. I wouldn't have the strength to keep up the spell anyway. It's dangerous here. Lost. I lift up my head toward them, but clothes cover every centimeter of skin, leaving not even the eyes visible, hidden behind a pair of thick lenses of safety goggles. The brim of a folded hood brushes against their eyebrows. They sound young and old at the same time. I can see that. I guess the less you speak, the less breath and water you consume. A canteen swings from their side. I point at it. Only one sip. And one sip be it. The air is too dry to even think about condensing some water vapor. Droplets of sweat gather on my upper lip. I lick them. Thank you. I wait for them to say something else, but they don't. There's no offer to tag along. And it's to be expected. Why would they invite a stranger? But it is hurtful. I'm Jesse. Call it basic decency, or human need to make a connection, even with a false identity. Cure. Nice to meet you. I repeat their name in my mind. Another one to add to my list. So many names and worlds and only a glimpse into them. You should cover your head. How? With this? I begin unwrapping my hoodie, which is still tied around my hips. There. They launch a bundle of ochre cloth at me. Their cape. It's bigger than what it seemed, and I begin to drape it around my shoulders. Not like that, here. Their hands are on me in a flash, strong and fast, adjusting the cape around my head, under my arms, and around my waist. Done. I can't accept. It's old. I don't need it. The cloth is surprisingly soft under my fingers. Excellent quality. Too bad I'll have to leave it here. With a deep breath, I swing up to my feet, testing the ground. I smile at Kerr one last time. I manage to keep up 100 meters before looking over my shoulder. It only confirms the obvious. Kerr won't follow me. Their bodies barely more than an oval against the blue sky. And I have to run another 10 kilometers here. In the desert. Alone. I scramble over the hill, lifting puffs of dust. Kerr is fast, with the sure steps of a person used to this environment. They must know where to put their feet, how to measure their strides. Kerr is fast, with the sure steps of a person used to this environment. They must know where to put their feet, how to measure their strides. I let the sweat drip from my brow to my lips, salty and deliciously wet. It's still water, and I'm already missing Kerr's canteen. My eyes hurt in the sun. It's like the turtle and the hare. The minute hand has well-advanced position by the time I reach them. You again? Company is is nice. (coughs) 
while, and I only said three words. My sweat falls on the ground, little round spots that darken the sand for a moment before evaporating. You are crazy. <laughs> I've been told. Not enough. There, drink. You need it. I accept with silent gratitude the water they offer, drinking little and carefully. I'll soon be gone. They must travel here for days, for all I know. Before returning the canteen to them, though, a bit of magic to restore what's taken. I can make the effort, as long as it was just one sip. Besides, besides, I have to give this back. I gesture toward the cape. No need. It's a long way to go. I... <laughs> I, I like long ways. Or I would run, sprint. Well, if I were fast, of course. We don't talk much. Kerr is silent, and so am I, acting as a mirror. But at least I have some company. You run is all wrong. It's, it's the best I can do. Watch me. I thought my running was light, suspended, feet touching the street for only a fraction of a second. In comparison to Kerr, I'm a rhino. Long strides, low runs, so light the sand under their feet doesn't move a single grain. See? It's light. That's more than being light. Now, you try. Okay. I am quite thin. Light should not be an issue. The traces behind me beg to differ. Far more than barely being touched, the sand engulfs my whole feet. Terrible. I know. But not that bad for someone not from here. It must be a record for number of words pronounced in one go. Curious how much the way of speaking could tell of a person and... How little I know about this one. Behind those cloth and goggles could be someone young, or someone as old as the Karyatids. Look, Tulia Towers. Your city. My spouses. Visiting the family? Yes, I'll marry next moon. Part of the picture I created in my mind shatters. I imagined old, abrupt, dry. Now I picture young and shy. Marriage of love or exchange? Their voice is too dry to understand. And Thulia is too far for me to reach before crossing another portal. My spouse is very nice. Nice as in pretty, or nice as in good-hearted? In kind. She always buys me gifts. Scratch shy, too. It's true, they speak with short sentences and long pauses, but they don't hide anything. The most beautiful? This. It shines at night. They show me a golden pendant with an acid green stone encrusted in the middle. When they cup their hands around it, it sparkles. It captures all the sunlight in the day and releases it when the sun goes down. Smart. It brings good fortune. Congratulations, then.
Congratulations. <laughs> A saying from my country. Four spouses. To, to celebrate good events. Thulia's towers tremble in the hot air, so much I fear they will disappear as just another mirage. Then I have no reason to be afraid. It's not my place to go. I squint my eyes closed before fluttering them open once again. The towers are still there, proud and strong. What's her name? Guile. Hair, eyes. Like the night and water. I'm lucky. Their rationing of information only plants seeds for more questions. There's poetry in it. When living in this desert, water must be the most beautiful thing ever. I check my clock. Almost 20 minutes. It must be a matter of just meters now. If I don't pass out from dehydration first. The canteen that Kira passes me from time to time can't do much. And you? A name flashes in my mind. Memories of a surprisingly amusing day. Not yet. It belongs to a past that won't and, and can't return. Just some funny moments with a stranger. Nothing more. It's already been almost a year. Oh, the cape. I was almost forgetting. My attempts to undress it without stopping go as well as imagined. Burning grains of sand scorch lips and tongue. You'll get sick. I'm almost there. Or I hope so. This tickle in my muscles is promise of newly surging magic. The air cracks for the impending strength of an opening portal. My mind knows well its only objective. Before, however, I turn toward Kier for one last request. Could you? I motion toward their mask and goggles, gesturing for Kier to undress them, already expecting a refusal. Curiosity and etiquette don't go well together. They expose their mouth and nose first. Then they push their goggles up to their forehead. I wish I had a camera with me. Thank you.